Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassner, a.k.a. the Red Shirt King, uh, here with the Rough Drafts podcast presented by Imperial Esports. As, uh, I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Walter Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing exceptionally well today because right now we get to talk about probably the team I'm most excited for, for the entire, like, North American LCS. It, it's going to be phenomenal, and I really, really can't wait to watch this team on the LCS stage for like a multitude of reasons. It, uh, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that it took us till day seven of our North American 2016 Spring Split team-by-team preview series to get to this team, given how excited both of us are about it. But we are here to talk about it, and it is, of course, the Renegades, one of the most interesting teams uh, due to a lot of things that happened this offseason. Obviously, we've got Monte Cristo involved in the ownership uh, since the Chris Badawai situation went down, uh, which we're not going to touch on here because we'd be here for a much longer time than we have. Uh, we we've have, already talked about it on podcasts. Yeah, we've, you, you can go back and look through. We've talked about it plenty of times. Uh, Freeze replaces Maple Street as the AD carry. Uh, the rest of this team... Uh, has stayed the same. Uh, RF Legendary in the top lane, Crumbs in the jungle, Alexich in the mid lane, Romilia at the support, and Hermes as the coach. Uh, this is a very interesting team that managed to fight their way uh, into the LCS by being the top North American challenger team last split. And Walter, when you look at this roster and what they were able to do in the challenger scene, what are your first thoughts about their upcoming LCS split? So I look at them and and it has it has two of my favorite players, two of my favorite like veteran players, in, in Alex Each and Crumbs. And I loved watching Crumbs because he was an entertaining streamer to watch. He was an entertaining personality, but he also had a very like cerebral approach to the game. He wasn't the most mechanically gifted player, fine, but he had this very intelligent way of looking at the game. And especially if you ever watched him stream his commentary on the game and what he was doing, he was definitely a cerebral player. And and made me feel better about myself because I try to play more like that. And I'm not, I hate playing Lee Sin type thing in the jungle. Mm. And then Alex, 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 where have you been? Oh, sweet Prince. I have missed you so much. Yeah. Your, your, your departure from Gambit was heartbreaking, but at least I get to watch you on a potentially competitive team. Unlike any, any of your, your former uh, coworkers, your former co-players, so please do not disappoint me. My heart could not take this disappointment this year. Please, please be amazing. Please wreck all of the other Europeans in this league besides Bjergsen. Please. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the, I have to say, this roster has a very strong contender for being my new favorite North American team. I have been a North American free agent, as far as my fandom is concerned, since Winter Fox fell out at the end of spring. Uh, I forgot Brian Cordrew was a thing. Uh, I have hopefully suffered for my sins enough on that regard. I want to root for this team. I think a lot of people do just because of, you know, if nothing else, that veteran talent that you just touched on. And the most exciting storyline is that veteran talent. Walter, outside of just making our hearts warm by being able to watch Crumbs and Alex Itch back on the LCS stage, what impact will the return of these veterans have on the scene as a whole? So I think it's actually great for this team that has uh, two two brand new players to LCS and, and kind of competitive League of Legends. They really only played this last you know last Challenger Series split to qualify for the LCS and in, in Remilia and RF Legendary. So I think having two players that are very 
very entrenched in kind of the League of Legends community and, and, and professional scene will be a huge boon for them because they'll be able to help take a lot of pressure off of off of them. If you any, even watched any of the Challenger Series stuff last year, you, though, you would notice it wasn't Crumbs and Alex each carrying this team. It really was. It was Maple Street at the time in the AD carry position, which Freeze is a huge, huge upgrade over that. And, and RF Legendary were really the two players kind of putting their carry uh, backpacks on and carrying the rest of these guys. And Alex was really playing the control mages very well, controlling team fights and, and, and keeping the team organized in a sense between him and crumbs and their shot calling. So I think that'll be a, a huge benefit while they won't be, they won't be the best players. You know, it, it, Alex Sitch is gone from his days where he's going to, you know, be one V one in frog to, uh, you know, to a standstill in the entire lane, but he's a very solid player. He's going to add a very consistent element to this team where there's a lot of question marks surrounding, you know, these three younger players and what they're going to be able to accomplish. So I think it's huge for them as an organization. It gives them a lot of, um, a lot of clout within the scene, having Monty as a, as an owner, and then having these two players that have been around so long. And they've already had just like a great kind of public relations campaign to get people excited about this team. And I, I, I'm just super excited for them. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think, as you've said, Alex has definitely changed from, you know, the guy that we saw on Gambit. I think people who have those kind of expectations and they said it like, oh yeah, the mid lane Kha'Zix that's going to do all this crazy stuff. Like that's just not who he is at this point. He is a very solid piece uh, he farms well. He's got about 9 CS per minute, which is about everything you could ask for from a mid laner. Uh, his damage per minute numbers are great. His uh, earned gold per minute numbers are great. Uh, he does not die very often. His kill participation numbers are where you want them to be. He's just a solid piece for this team. And one of the most interesting things to me uh, is just looking at how Crumb this has really been rejuvenated back in the challenger scene. Because the four games we saw of him in the spring... He went 1-15-10. and 10. That is a .7 KDA. It's one of the worst four-game stretches we've ever seen in professional League of Legends. There's a reason that we were not surprised by his sudden retirement uh, when it happened for, you know, for that particular reason. But he goes back to the Challenger Series. and last split, he had a 5.5 KDA, 68.2% kill participation, uh, a lead in CS and gold differential at 10 minutes. Uh, and the most interesting thing for me 1.03 wards placed per minute and 0.5 wards cleared per minute. Those are insane warding numbers for junglers. And what he does as far as giving this team vision, making sure that they're picking smart fights, I think is really underrated, especially when vision is going to be so different than what it was last split. I think having someone who has that understanding of how to create those opportunities for the team is going to be a huge asset. Uh, and speaking of assets... Uh, one of the storylines that I know uh, people are going to be talking about, obviously, is Freeze coming in with Romilia into the bot lane. And so, Walter, I got to ask you, how good is the Freeze-Romilia bot lane really at the end of the day? So one of the knocks on Romilia was that in the Challenger series, she was only really good at Thresh and Morgana. She was really good at those kind of skill shoddy supports. And I I need to, before I'm like all in on this bot lane, if they're going to be really good, I need to see where her, where she's improved over the off season to see if she's improved to the point where, you know, her Alistar, her Braum, her Nautilus, her Janna, her, you know, whatever all these supports you're going to have to play are, are up to stuff. And they're going to be able to compete against, you know, the yellow stars 
of the LCS. Uh, granted, if you look at the rest of the rosters, there aren't a ton of like superstar support players that all around are amazing, like a Yellow Star or Athermu. You have some supports like Kiwi Kid and Adrian that are really good at one or the other. You have Hai that's a new support. You have Conquan that's finally kind of emerging into the LCS. You have Smoothie that's emerging into the LCS. You have whoever Impulse and Echo Fox pick up that'll be emerging into the LCS. So she doesn't have a a crazy amount of like uh she doesn't have to live up to crazy expectations to be an exceptional support, but to get to work with Freeze, she's going to have to be a very dominant laner and really get Freeze go uh, Freeze going. Remember, his Draven is like god tier Draven to the point teams were just first banning it, no matter what, when they were playing against him. And when he did to get that Draven, if he got you know one kill ahead, if Unlimited was able to get him that one kill, he just could completely snowball a game and, and play out of his mind. So I think this will be a learning process for her, but I think that when it comes down to it, she is going to flourish in this scene and flourish with the, the, the coaching staff and the analysts that Renegade surrounded her with and, and, and she trusts like almost implicitly at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting combination of things. Freeze obviously was stuck on a Copenhagen Wolves team last split that had almost nothing going for it. Still managed a 4.0 KDA, 70% kill participation, a 5.6 CS lead at 10 minutes, which is just kind of incredible given uh, how little talent he had around him. Uh, Fourth in CS per minute. Uh, The only thing that was worrying was he was 10th in damage per minute amongst European 80 carries. Only Vardogs was worse in that particular respect. Uh, So certainly it's going to require a support who's able to allow him to make plays. And I think Romilia can be that person. She had a 6.5 KDA in the Challenger series, a 75.2% kill participation. These are really nice numbers. She was able to set up a lot of plays for her team. And yes, they are skill shot based champions. But as you said, if you're having to ban Freeze's Draven all the time, uh, you know, then add in a ban for whatever the most OP thing is that week, and you're probably going to want want to ban something that Alex Itch is doing. There might not be a lot of targeted bans towards Romilia. She might be able to get away with a more limited champion pool until she builds up some of uh, some of the other pieces that she could add to her arsenal. And for all we know, that's probably what she was doing this offseason. So certainly, there's a lot of opportunity for the spot lane to look great. The one thing I would really love to see from Romilia, though, other than just expanding her champion pool... Right now, she's only placing 1.12 wards per minute. Uh, that's kind of on the lower end for supports. Crumbs uh, was basically placing almost as many wards as she was. Well, look, I think she could do better at that. I'll be to be fair though, she played almost a completely in lane support style mm-hmm. where she wasn't roaming a whole lot, and I think that's why Crumbs's numbers are inflated so much. Mm-hmm. Is that he's trying to pick up all the slack? So. If they are going to play that style, I think it's okay as long as those um, those numbers, uh, Crumbs's numbers stay up that high and he doesn't slack off. But mm-hmm. if they find that it's too difficult for him to get that amount of vision, I, I completely agree. She'll have to start roaming out of the lane and, and getting some more wards out herself. But right. I, I don't think that that's like a nail in the coffin type issue to worry about oh, just because of their play style certainly not a nail in the coffin kind of thing but it is one of those things where especially with young teams it helps to have multiple ways to win and as you've said yeah. like she was very much going to be a laning support and they had crumbs making up for it on the roam 
She needs to be able to roam every once in a while. And some of that, again, is going to come sure. down to playing particular champions. But at the LCS level, if people know you're going to be pinned down in your lane for most of the time, they're going to exploit that. So I, I think that that's something I would like to see a little bit more of. But let's move on. Uh, there's one fear I have, far bigger than anything we just talked about with Romilia, bigger than any of my, my issues with potentially Crumbs or Alex Hitch. And that comes to the top lane in RF Legendary. And my question for you, Walter, is, is RF Legendary ready to face the quality of top lane opponent he will see in the LCS on a week-to-week basis? <sighs> that, that's, that's the million-dollar question. That is literally the deciding factor of where Renegades will place this season is, can he compete with a Huni or an Impact or a Darshan or a Haunters? That, that's really what it comes down to. And he played exceptionally well in the Challenger Series, far better than I think anyone expected because if you looked at him, he was basically just kind of a Challenger-level like streaming personality and, 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 and a marginal streamer at that. But it's kind of hard when you know Bjergsen and the TSM boys are all taking 90% of the, the possible viewers. And I remember when they put this team together and RF Legendary was the guy that they picked for their top lane to go with you know, Crumbs and Alex each. It just seemed, it just, it boggled my mind. Like, why would you pick this kind of mediocre streamer to be your, be this player? And he is, he has surprised me and he has played exceptionally well in the Challenger series. He held his own against, uh, you know, a guy like Seraph who had some LCS, he has some LCS caliber talent. Uh, so I, I'm worried because it could go one of two ways. Yeah, he can, he can, you know, play to a point where he's able to kind of match with them. And maybe he's not beating a Hooney, but he's not letting Hooney just roll over him. Or he's just going to get rolled over by all these good top laners. And you're going to get top laners like Balls that are going to have easy, and, and Spitty J that are going to have easy times against him. So he's going to be the deciding factor of whether this team surprises people and is a playoff team and, and you know, catches some people off guard or whether they're going to be fighting to stay out of those relegation spots. Yeah. And this is where you look at, you know, again, in the challenger series, if you're going to be a good top laner in the LCS, you should be able to beat up on the laning phase of some of these challenger guys. He averaged a, a 0.5 CS lead at 10 minutes in the challenger series. That's not great. Uh, fifth and gold differential at 10 minutes. That's not great. Uh, eighth in CS per minute. Sixth in damage per minute. Sixth in effective gold per minute. These are not awesome stats. If you're in the fifth to eighth spot on some of these things in challenger top laners, these are concerns to me. Because as you've said multiple times now during these previews, the top lane talent pool in North America has just gotten stronger and stronger. And the thing is, once you get out of the laning phase, he's fine. His KDA was a 5.3. He doesn't take a lot of really stupid deaths, per se. He just kind of gets bullied around in the early game. And this kind of comes back to my problem when I talked about, you know, Romilian Crumbs and being a little bit predictable. If the other team knows that Crumbs has to be going top to make sure that Legendary isn't completely bullied out in the top lane. And they know that Romilia isn't able to roam. That means that they know that Alexich is vulnerable. That means that they know that certain objectives are going to be available at certain points of the game. And it makes warding and preparing for these kinds of things a lot easier. These are patterns that could be exploited. And I think such a huge part of whether Renegade succeeds or fails isn't just whether Legendary can compete on a one-on-one -on -one basis with these top laners, but on whether they can find ways to mitigate that damage 
without becoming predictable. And that's something that I think at an LCS level is something they're just going to have to be able to do. But I'm sensing something, Walter, uh, through this uh, Skype call of ours. I'm sensing a, a glow in your crystal ball. Uh, something, some clairvoyance is coming to you, Walter. What are you seeing? So, so my crystal ball is is doing something it's 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 never done before. I I hear music. I hear a song, and I see a, an introduction video from Renegades, and and this song playing, and it it's saying, "Hey, hey, 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 living like we're Renegades," and 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 I see I see RF, and I see Ramilia pleasantly surprising us. And, and holding their own in the LCS, and I see this team, team doing better than everyone is willing to give them credit for. And I see Alex each solo killing people, not quite that much, but I see this team being a very, a very strong team overall. Overall, and I, I see uh, uh, Freeze and and, and Ramilia meshing and playing very well in in the bot lane and and taking some of the pressure off of uh, Alex Each's back and, and crumbs is able to help control the game. And, and where we kind of say that, that, that Dignitas, for example, doesn't really have a guy who can carry by himself. I think here we have three players in, in, in the, in the, the carry positions in RF and in Alex and in freeze that yes, freeze is a very obvious person. If he can just straight out carry a game, if you get him into the right position, but I think RF and Alex, both are at that point where they can kind of go either way. They can either play that utility controlly kind of game, or they'll have a couple games where they also go off and they have some really crazy games. So I think this team is going to be much better, and this team isn't going to play like a rookie LCS team. Mm-hmm. I uh, I like what you're seeing in your crystal ball. I want it to be true because I like how this roster is assembled. I think one of the things that is going for them right now is their first two weeks on the schedule are against Liquid, NRG, Dignitas, and Impulse. And only one of those teams has a scary top laner. Which means there's a very good chance that Legendary gets some time to adjust, to figure this out, that he's not immediately being thrown to the wolves. You know, this is a team that could be three and one after two weeks and everyone could be saying, whoa, where did the Renegades come from? Are they for real? And, you know, obviously they'll play some stronger teams after that. So only time will tell. But, you know, I think getting a good start here could be huge for this team. Showing Legendary that he can compete with some of these LCS guys. Showing Romilia that she can be a support at this LCS level and make big plays that help her team out. Getting Freeze to a point where he can trust his teammates again, something that I don't think he was able to do at the Copenhagen Wolves. I think all of these could have a huge impact. But Walter, when it's all said and done, where do you think this Renegades team ends up? I think this team pleasantly surprises everyone. And I, I think they're kind of becoming like the darlings of like the, the Twitter analyst kind of legion of we all really want them to do well because we like the pieces they have and and we like Monty as a person. And, and to me, I personally want to see Chris Badawai kind of stick it to Riot and this team do very, very well. Uh, so... I think that this team is going to make the playoffs in their very first split in the LCS. They're not going to be world beaters. They're not going to go crazy, but they're definitely going to catch some of these upper tier teams off guard and take a game or even possibly series during the, during the regular season off of, you know, teams like TSM and energy. They're going to play them really tough, I think. And Mm -hmm. they're going to catch, they're going to catch people's eyes probably towards the middle of the season. And when it gets down to that playoff push, they're, they're going to be that dark horse to kind of sneak into the playoffs and and maybe 
make it into like the semifinals. So I'm I'm personally am very excited to watch them. And and after we're done recording this podcast, I need to go buy a red bandana. <laughs> See Reddit? See Reddit? I don't just fanboy about TSM. You found a team I can fanboy about harder. <laughs> I uh I like what you're saying about Renegades. I kind of feel the same way about them that I do about Splice when we talked about them on day two of our European team by team preview. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I know that if it's week eight or week nine and I have I see these guys on the schedule, I'm not happy about it. I think people are underestimating what Hermes can do for this, this team. I think he's a very good coach. I think that he's proven to, you know, be a very solid base for, you know, players like Romilio, players like Legendary. I think that there's a lot of potential here. And if it's like I said, if it's week eight or week nine and they're, you know, one game out with two games left to play, I think you don't want this team in the playoffs. This is not a team that you want to be playing when your season depends on it. And that's about all you can hope for when you're a new team entering the LCS. I, I like the pieces here. Uh, and that's I, I like the way this podcast is wrapped up. Uh, if you like this podcast, you should follow us at soundcloud.com slash Hour. That way you will get all of our team-by-team previews as they come out. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at the Esports Gambling Hour. So far, we have done seven days of these podcasts. For North America, we started with TSM, went to NRG, Immortals, CLG, Cloud9, Dignitas, and now we're here uh, and in Europe. We have done seven of these as well. We did Vitality, we did Splice, H2K Gaming, the Unicorns of Love, Fnatic, G2 Esports, and Orihen came out today. There are tons of episodes for you guys to take in and enjoy, and I hope you guys do. Uh, and when you listen to these, you should definitely keep the conversation going by following us on Twitter. You can find me at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And we will have to go back to our random number generator to decide who we're going to talk about next. But until then, goodbye, Internet.